0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're speaking with my new friend, Corey Lee of Lee.com. He has traversed all seven continents and is a leading travel blogger focusing on accessibility. He frequently speaks about accessible travel at conferences around the world to inspire travelers and educate brands, attractions, and destinations how to be more accommodating to those with disabilities. In this episode, Corey and I talk about unexpected ways attractions are making it easier for disabled travelers to participate what it's like to fly when you have a wheelchair, and how his foundation is making dream tips a reality for other wheelchair travelers. you hear about these three important topics and so much more. If you know someone who wants to learn more about accessible travel, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash accessible. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Corey, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be on the show today.
0: We've known each other for years, but... I don't know that we've ever had a chance to like sit down and actually physically talk but I've seen you at like conferences like TBEX and and others and I've always admired the way you travel and the way that you just like you kind of light up the room as you enter it and you always have a crowd of people around you like people interested in your story and today we're talking about accessible travel and how it's like to travel in a wheelchair as somebody that you've probably been to more countries than I have. And so it's really admirable that to seeing how much you're traveling and, and I want to be able to share your story and also share how the travel world kind of is, you know, basically focused on somebody like me that's like walking around versus the kind of the the troubles that they have where they're not really set up necessarily for somebody like you that's, that's in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I'm totally happy to talk about traveling as a wheelchair user. It's something that I've been doing for almost my entire life now, but pretty much in depth for the past 10 years since launching my blog. It's just been a complete whirlwind of an adventure so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I you know, later on, we'll talk about like your Instagram links and stuff like that. And then just like the photos that you have of, of the places you've been. It's just, it's inspiring. And I'm, you know, quite frankly, I'm jealous. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure you've had some pretty epic trips also. So, <laughs> so can you tell the audience a little bit about like, how you how you became to be in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah, um, at the age of two, my mom started noticing that I would take a few steps and then just like fall down and face plant the ground. And I couldn't take more than eight steps ever. Um, And so she started getting really concerned and took me to a doctor where they did a muscle biopsy. And from the muscle biopsy, they discovered that I had spinal muscular atrophy, which is a type of muscular dystrophy, which you've probably heard of muscular dystrophy from the annual Labor Day telethon every year with Jerry Lewis. So um, it is a form of MD and basically SMA, spinal muscular atrophy, just means that my muscles are really weak and they do degenerate over time. Um, So I don't have, for example, the same abilities today that I'll have like five years from now. So I do get weaker over time and that really serves as kind of a constant reminder for me to do as much as possible now while I'm more able than I will be in the future.
0: No, Absolutely. And I think that's a, like a perfect lesson for everybody, right? Because all of us are going to age. All of us are, you know, as we get older, we're going to have things that happen to us, whether it's illness or or just you know, growing up and not being able to do all the things that we used to be able to do. I know like I wake up in the morning and I have aches and pains that, that I didn't have five years ago, right? <laughs> and uh, you got to go out there and explore the world now. Versus waiting till later. I think that's one of the things that about this podcast is we hope to inspire people to travel to big cities as well as small cities uh, and explore all the amazing things that are out there before it's too late. Right. So you started your your website uh, Curve Free with Corey Lee about 10 years ago, right? Yeah, back in December of 2013. That's fantastic. And so when you launched the site, like what were you hoping to do? Was it just to document your travels? Was it to inspire other people to show what it's like or uh, to kind of to focus on helping people realize that, hey, you need to be able to make some changes because some of the trails and some of the steps and and those type of things make it a little bit harder for people uh, with disabilities to be able to travel and experience all the amazing things out there in the world.
1: Yeah. Back in December of 2013, I was actually researching. For an upcoming trip to Australia, I was going to Australia for my college graduation trip. And so when I got online and started looking up, you know, wheelchair accessible things to do in Australia, like accessible transportation, accessible restaurants, like all of the things that go into planning a fully accessible trip, I pretty quickly noticed that there was a severe lack of accessible travel information on the Internet. And so within about, you know, a few minutes, I thought, you know, there needs to be a resource online where other wheelchair users can go to and quickly find out what can they do in Australia or in England or India or Morocco or wherever it may be that they're dreaming of going to. And so that is really where the idea for Curb Free with Corey Lee was born, was just from there being a severe lack of representation and information on the Internet. And so I launched the blog uh, about a week after noticing the lack of representation online, and it took a couple of years for it to really gain, you know, an audience and a readership and social media followers And then uh, once the people started trickling in, it really took off. And I think that just goes to show, you know, how much demand there is for accessible travel and how big the travelers with disabilities market is. So people with disabilities spend over 58 billion dollars per year just on travel. But destinations and people within the travel industry so frequently think that, you know, we're not traveling we're not getting out there. And I really hope that my blog helps shatter that perception.
0: No, absolutely. And just, you know, I was reading a few articles before we did the interview and, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, maybe some of them, they don't have a disability. They don't have any type of issues like that. And so they're like, ah, oh, maybe I really don't need to go to that site because I'm not disabled. I don't have to worry about those type of things. But what I noticed is that although there is a lot of uh, information to help people with disabilities, to travel to these destinations. There's also a lot of great information for able-bodied people as well that when they go to, on a trip, you know, your site is a good resource for them as well.
1: Yeah, thanks for saying that. Uh, that really means a lot. And I mean, I, I do hope that you know, people with disabilities can definitely benefit from that information. But like you said, there is so much information on my side about things to do in different destinations. And yeah, hopefully that's helpful for people that are able-bodied as well.
0: For sure, and then I know a lot of Americans don't have passports, right? And like you know, even those that do have passports don't actually travel outside the U.S. Obviously, in the United States we have, you know, we have a lot of uh, different rules that require businesses to have you know ramps and wider doors for certain bathrooms and and all those different type of things to make it a little bit easier for people that are in wheelchairs or walkers and and those type of things. Like my dad used to require a walker and actually one of those scooters towards the end of his life. You know, so I'm always appreciative that in America we do that, but I think as you've traveled the world, whether it's you know again for like foods and menus and those type of things, or those type of situations where there's ramps and and doorways et cetera outside of the u s like it isn't always as easy to travel when you have a disability, correct? I think that's true, but I
1: think the opposite is also true, so I've actually found really great accessibility in different destinations around the world and in some cases, I think it's even better than in the U.S. So,
0: oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, in places like Scandinavia, um, in Europe, like Northern Europe, is really fantastic. I went to Helsinki, Finland, a few years ago, and it basically expected for there to be very little accessibility. But uh, when I got there, I quickly found out that they actually have over 300 wheelchair accessible taxis. And so, you know, that's something that you just can't really find pretty much every city in the U S with the exception of maybe New York city. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, in international destinations, like a lot of them definitely have a long way to go to catch up and be truly inclusive, but there are some out there that are already doing a phenomenal job.
0: Sure. Sure. Like I mentioned with, with my dad, you know, he was in the, that scooter for the last probably I don't know, five to 10 years of his life. I know, obviously, to get to some of these destinations, you're flying, right? And I know that it was a trouble for him getting onto the plane and getting into a seat or even using the restroom on a plane. For somebody that's in a wheelchair, like, what can airlines do to make the experience better for somebody like like you or, or others with other diff- types of disabilities?
1: Uh, we could probably do a whole episode about air travel. But <laughs> it's um, definitely the part of traveling that I dread the most. And there are a variety of reasons for that. So number one, like when I get on the plane, I have to be physically transferred from my wheelchair into an aisle chair, which is just the really narrow chair that goes down the aisle of the plane, and then physically transferred again into the plane seat. And so throughout that process, I in the past have been dropped uh, on the armrest of the plane seat or they have a really difficult time with that sometimes when transferring me. And then once I'm on board, I can't really use the restroom at all because when I go to the restroom, I need a companion to assist me. And so me and a companion can't really fit into the lavatory restroom on a plane and just being transferred again into the onboard wheelchair to get to the restroom would be pretty much impossible for me. And so I usually have to start dehydrating myself and start limiting foods about two to three days in advance of flying, uh, which is, you know, not the safest thing in the world to do or the healthiest, but it's really the only way that I'm able to safely fly without needing to use the restroom during a flight. And then also another thing, like when I'm on board the plane, I'm constantly worried if my personal powered wheelchair that weighs 400 pounds if it'll be damaged during flight. So my wheelchair is pretty big and massive and really heavy, but it's stowed where the luggage goes. And so when I get to the destination, I'm always worried, you know, is my wheelchair going to be scratched up? Is it going to be damaged? And very frequently it is damaged. So um, I would say about 50% of the time that it's damaged in some way, which is, you know, really disappointing and unfortunate. But Um, That is the current state of air travel, but I do think, you know, it is improving. There are organizations out there that are working to make air travel more inclusive and airlines are starting to get a little bit better, I feel like, and starting to realize the impact that travelers with disabilities have on the air travel
0: industry. Absolutely, and I know airlines. I mean, even for the rest of us, that the the economy section feels like it's almost like a coffin. Like you're you're so squeezed in there, or like oh, a sardine yeah. can, right? Like for for somebody in your situation, do you have to get you know a more like a business class or those type of seats, or are you flying an economy like with the rest of us?
1: I mean, just in terms of like when I have to be transferred into the plane seat, it is definitely easier. If I, I usually fly with Delta, so if it, it's easier if I'm in Comfort Plus or in business class. But I definitely fly economy a lot. Uh, most of my flights are in economy, which does make things pretty tricky because if it's like a row of three seats and it's me in the aisle, my companion in the middle seat, and then a stranger in the window seat, they're having to kind of like climb over me to get to their seat um, in the window and if they need to re- use the restroom during flight, they have to climb over me again to get out into the aisle to use the restroom. And so that's always a bit of a debacle.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's that got to be tough for everybody involved. And like I said, I, I'm just amazed uh, with all the traveling you do and all the different places you go. So when you are, are going to, to some of these places, like you said, Sweden and, and Northern Europe have been great experiences for you as far as... Uh, how accessible some things are. What are some of the other countries you've been to that have great accessibility or even just cities? Cause maybe the country itself doesn't have it, but the city does. Uh, and then what are some of the, like, the favorite attractions that you've been to that maybe they would surprise some of us, right? Cause you know, you, you think of like the, the Statue of Liberty, right? There's all the stairs to climb up and everything like that. But are there certain, attractions that you just have really gone to that have been amazing for you, but also provided that amazing experience for people with disabilities?
1: Yeah. One of my favorite cities in the world, it is probably my number one favorite actually is Barcelona, Spain. So Spain in general is not the most accessible country in the world. Probably there are parts of Spain that could definitely do better, but in Barcelona, it's just an incredible experience for wheelchair users. So Uh, They have accessible transportation, they have accessible attractions, and the greatest accessible beaches in the world, I think. So uh, they have Hoyer lifts that can lift me up out of my wheelchair and put me into the beach wheelchair, which is just a chair that can roll into the water. It has larger inflated tires that can easily roll in the sand. And so they have staff there at the beach that can assist me with getting transferred into the beach wheelchair and going into the water, which is unheard of pretty much everywhere else in the world, especially in the U.S. And so um, I really, really, really love Barcelona. I also love Sydney, Australia. It's one of the most accessible cities in the world. And then in terms of attractions that are really uniquely accessible, I went to uh, Italy a couple of years ago and went to the Colosseum, which is, you know, like, a couple thousand years old, but they have now installed an elevator in the Colosseum. So I was able to fully explore it. And after that experience, you know, when I'm traveling here in the U.S. and I go to like a shop or a restaurant that has a step to get in and they say, oh, well, we are grandfathered in, like we can't really become accessible. I always remind them. You know, if I can go to the Coliseum that's like 2000 years old and have a really good experience as a wheelchair user, then surely you can put up some kind of a little small ramp for me to get into your shop or restaurant. So um, that just served as a really good reminder for me of what accessibility can be like if people just try to make the world a more
0: inclusive place. No, absolutely. And like we talked about earlier, I know you go to a lot of conferences and you travel a lot. You see so many people throughout the, throughout the year. What are some of the main questions that people ask you? Uh, is it more of just trying to find out about your experience or learning more about how you became in the wheelchair? Like what type of questions do they ask? And how does that make you feel as far as are you happy to share? Or like some people like get a little too invasive with the, with the questions on the, on the privacy side?
1: I am completely an open book and try to be as vulnerable as possible. So I'm always happy to answer anything, any kind of questions about living with with a disability or about accessible travel. But I think the number one question I always get is usually about air travel, which we kind of talked about a minute ago, but um, people are just so interested in how, you know, accessible airplanes are. They are, frequently don't even know if I can stay in my wheelchair on the plane or if I have to sit in a plane seat. And so just going through all of that is pretty frequent for me. And I get those questions a lot. And then I'm also frequently asked about accessibility within the outdoors. And so uh, people, you know, want to know how accessible are the national parks or uh, what kind of accessible trails are there in the outdoors and things like that because Getting in the outdoors has been a huge focus of mine, especially since the pandemic happened. Uh, I've tried to be outdoors as much as possible and enjoy that aspect of travel. And so that's been a very frequent question in the past few years.
0: Sure. Sure. So speaking of, of that, then how does it work when, when you're going on some of these trails? Cause I know some of the trails, like there's rocks and you're climbing on things and stuff like that. But I also know that there are some trails uh, out there at some of the the state and national parks where it's pretty flat. It's nice and wide uh, for people to to walk around and, and those, those things. How does that work as far as being able to go on the trails? And then do you have certain parks that, that are really high on your list? A lot of
1: the national
0: parks here in the U S do a really great job in terms of accessibility.
1: So at pretty much every major national park, there will be at least one or two accessible trails that I can go on in my powered wheelchair. And they'll be smooth or maybe even paved um, or crushed gravel. That's very easy to roll on. So one of my favorite parks is Acadia National Park in Maine. They have 45 miles of carriage roads that are accessible for the most part and easy for me to roll on they also have a couple accessible trails that are really great i also love the great smoky mountains national park which is only a few hours away from where i live Um, i'm in georgia and so in the great smoky mountains national park in tennessee they have some really great accessible trails as well and a lot of the state parks in the u.s are now getting all-terrain wheelchairs that you can use completely for free so here in georgia we now have 11 state parks that have those altering wheelchairs. And so, it's really opening up the world and the great outdoors to people with disabilities uh, so that they can, you know, enjoy trails that they never could have previously. And Another experience I really love uh, that I did a few years ago was going in an accessible RV. And so, Winnebago, they now make accessible RVs. We were able to enjoy that. And the RV had a lift on it that I was able to use, and it was fully accessible in the RV, which was amazing. We also went to some really cool campsites. We went to a KOA uh, in Orlando, Kissimmee, and at the Campgrounds of America KOA, you know, it was a fully accessible experience with the campsite. But then what I really loved about camping uh, was just the community of people that were there and how friendly they were. So, as a wheelchair user, I'm kind of used to different personalities and people kind of staring at me or, you know, taking photos even in different places I've been to of me just because they're so amazed by the wheelchair and what that entails as a traveler. But I'm at, you know, those outdoor experiences like at the KOA campground. They were just really inclusive, invited us for dinner and just a really friendly community, which was really unexpected and nice.
0: Well, that's really awesome. I kind of like we we're talking about with here with the people coming up and, and asking about your story or asking the questions. Yeah, I think, you know, as a father, my kids are eight and twelve and like they have that innocence, right? And they're they're not afraid to ask questions. And I think as we get to, to become a little grown up and maybe we've got our hands slapped too many times and we're almost like afraid to ask questions. It's really awesome to be able to, to have the conversation with you and hear it straight from you and and not being like kind of shy to say, well is it okay if I ask about this? Or if it is it okay if I ask about that? Because that's how we learn, right? You exactly. know, And I think yeah. too often we're afraid to ask. And obviously we don't want to ups- upset people, but we also don't want to make it seem like we're prying too much into their lives. But being able to to just become friends with somebody or learning about their story, I think is a great way to, to kind of expand your horizons and understand, okay, well, look, even though, you know, I don't necessarily need these paved trails at at some of the national parks, and I don't need the the ramp going into that restaurant and everything like that, but hearing your story and hearing the inconveniences that you have to face as well as others makes me say, you know what, although it doesn't affect me, I need to be able to to be on, on your side and rally behind you because I don't want you to miss out on these experiences, and I don't want you to not be able to taste that food at that restaurant, et cetera. So even if it doesn't affect you, you have to be able to go out there and support others that are facing challenges and be able to rally behind them and say, look, we need to make changes in these scenarios so that way they can be a part of it as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, 20 to 25% of the world has a disability of some sort. And so, you know, we're out there. We want to be able to travel if we're given the opportunity and have the accessibility to do so. And I mean, the fact is that nobody really knows, you know, when they're going to become disabled one day. And so as people age, they do become more disabled. They start needing things like wheelchairs and scooters and help around the house or to get out and about in their community. And so by making the world more accessible now, like you're not only helping me currently,
0: but also, you know, yourself or your friends and family in the future. No, absolutely. So like we talked about, like you've traveled all over the world, a couple of different things. One, what's next on your list? Like, What are some of the, like the places that you are planning to travel to now? And then two, what places that are on your list of places you want to go, but they don't have yet the accessibility that you need to be able to go and, and explore them?
1: Yeah. Up next, I am headed to New Zealand. And then right after New Zealand, I'll be in Fiji. And I am so excited about visiting New Zealand and Fiji because they're destinations that uh, I have wanted to visit for pretty much my entire life, and I'm finally getting the chance to go there. So really, really looking forward to that. And then a destination that I would love to go to, but it's just not accessible yet, is the Maldives. Uh, I mean, I love the beach. I love being on any kind of beach. Uh, Definitely a warm weather person, but the Maldives, um, it's just the transportation, like the little boats that take you to the different islands, they are unfortunately not accessible yet. But if they ever make that accessible, I will be the first person there. I, I'm really looking forward to that day.
0: That would be amazing. Now, I know uh, from from the conversation here and also just from doing the research that I know you have a foundation that you've created, I guess, to educate people and to uh, help others that are facing the same challenges that you face. Can you tell us a little more about that foundation and if people have questions, I want to be able to support it. What's the best way to find out information?
1: Yeah, back in 2022, I launched the Curb Free Foundation. And so through the foundation, you know, wheelchair users can go on the website at CurbfreeFoundation.com and they can fill out an application saying where they would like to go on their dream trip and why they want to go there. And then we provide the funds for them to be able to go on that dream trip. And so... We currently have over 700 entries from wheelchair users around the world that let us know, you know, where they want to go on their dream trip. And so it's been really incredible just to read those responses and um, realize, you know, how many people with disabilities want to travel and get out there in the world. And so through the foundation, we've been able to send two people already on their dream trips. We sent one person to Disney World, and another one on a Caribbean cruise so far. And we're currently choosing the next winners of the travel grants and scholarships. And so um, if there are any wheelchair users that are listening, please go on the curbfreefoundation.com, fill out an application, let us know where you would love to travel to. Um, and we're also completely you know, funded by donations. So if you are able to donate and help make someone's travel dreams come true, we would really appreciate it.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of those things where one, it can make a huge difference in somebody's life, showing them that it is possible to travel and be able to experience all these amazing things. But also, two, a lot of times when we think of these charities, we think of like the big money donors and those type of things that they provide all these major grants. But we often forget that it's the everyday person that's donating $5, $10, $25, or whatever they can, all that money adds up quickly. To be able to help fund these trips and you know instead of only being able to do one or two at a time with additional donations and additional awareness of your foundation next thing you know we're in the double digits and triple digits as far as being able to, to impact people's lives
1: exactly i mean every single dollar toward the foundation makes a difference and goes toward making those dream trips a
0: reality so yeah i'm
1: tremendously grateful for every single donation
0: Absolutely. So uh, if, if people have more questions about, about you, about your travels or about accessible travel, what's the best way to reach you on social media?
1: Yeah, I am on Instagram at curb Corey Lee. And also on Facebook, uh, my page is curb free with Corey Lee. So yeah, feel free to get in touch if you have any questions about traveling as a wheelchair user or just travel in general. And I'm always happy to chat.
0: Well, thank you so much, Corey. It's been a pleasure talking to you and learning more about accessible travel. Like I said, I was dealing with some of it with my dad and and being able to try to help him travel. But I've learned so much just listening to you and I can't wait to continue to follow you on social media and seeing all the different wonderful places you go and seeing all the lives you're going to be able to touch.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a great time and I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Uh, I'll be sure to include links to all these in the show notes and uh, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, thanks so much. That was great. What an important conversation with Corey. I learned so much, and I love following all of Corey's adventures on social media. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash accessible. We want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Award Wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we head to Tulsa, Oklahoma to speak with my new friend Kevin Matthews II of buildingbread.com. In this episode, Kevin and I talk about visiting Greenwood Rising to learn about the legacy of Black Wall Street, taking a walk at the Gathering Place, an award winning park on the banks of the Arkansas River, and exploring the world class collection of art at the Philbrook Museum of Art. We will join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at We Travel There or email me at WeTravelThere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.